1: what were you going to say? It doesn't matter now. But I like you you're kind of you're a lot cooler than me. You kind of have like your mic on an angle like that. It's kind of like you're the kid with the backwards hat and I'm the kid with the hat like you know, flat, no 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 curve.
0: I like to think that I'm the kid with my my pants around the bottom of my my butt.
1: I think you had like the rolled up the rolled up cuff cuffs at the bottom, right? People would say, "Wow, he he rolls up his cuffs." That guy can get away
0: with anything. Good morning, Mr. TK. Good morning. How are you, sir? It's a beautiful day.
1: It's Sunday, the sun's out, you know, birds are, are tweeting in the in the sky. We're we're looking good today, man. Sunday's a great day. 2021's a great year. I love it.
0: It is shaping up. Can you feel it? I feel it. Can you feel it?
1: Like monumental year for for everybody. Everybody. All you got to do is just positive thinking. 2021 is going to be my year and it will be.
0: It is going to be crazy. I can feel a wave, a tsunami coming towards the shores of Toronto.
1: Absolutely. Let's talk about the groundbreaking changes that we had this week in regards to online schooling
0: online schooling while we otherwise, are trying... otherwise
1: known as
0: crap <laughs> death camps oh for parents <laughs> oh for parents yes <laughs> yeah.
1: it's uh you know it is what it is right we're all dealing now with what teachers deal with on a daily basis
0: not quite because there's 25 to 30 of them in a class normally
1: and we're we're upset with just the one or two at our houses
0: yeah it's what do you uh, think my listen i i told you before i mean my son is excelling in this my daughter's always done good in school i mean i think mental health wise there are signs all over the house at the moment including dad dad's going a little bit nutty lately
1: but your kids are also older where the work that they're doing in school they are 100 percent sure that you can't help them with it
0: no, actually some of the stuff I can help they're like, them, but they're like,
1: mm, I better look this one up on Google.
0: It's way easier <laughs> to just cheat.
1: Yes. To just, to, to just Google, like I'm getting everything, you know, I'm getting, oh, what's this? She doesn't, the teacher didn't say that this was right. Sure. They didn't explain it properly. I don't have the work. I'm like, well, what's that? Oh, okay. Yeah. there it is.
0: <laughs> but, but my, my issue, and I, I'm sure a lot of people won't like to hear my opinion on this, but. It's a sad state of affairs that the people that are teaching our kids can't even figure out how to do a proper teleconference. I mean, it's really easy.
1: Uh, Go easy on the teachers, Daryl. I think that they're doing a great job, and uh, they're not all as tech-savvy as as, as you, Mr. Entrepreneur. I
0: know, but listen, it's 2021. You kind of have to be.
1: But they didn't expect this. This was all like, you know, they didn't know that this was coming. And I think for... Considering what some of their how much
0: time does it bloody take to figure this out? It, it My mom can do than... it. My mom couldn't even record on a VCR. Your mom
1: can accept a Zoom call and talk to somebody on FaceTime. She's not setting yeah, up, she can't Google set up a classroom, yeah, that's true. And having all sorts of documents going back and forth. That's a, that's a whole nother story. So I think round of applause for the teachers, oh, okay. they're doing good.
0: All right, fine, listen. Once again, TK makes me look like an unempathetic monkey, which I am.
1: The teachers are doing really good. And it's just unfortunately, the government is the one who's keeping the the kids uh, at home. And, you know, it is it is what it is. I wish I had all the answers and I would tell you what I think we should do about this problem. But I don't have the answers,
0: but I always do. I have the answers. Nobody ever wants to listen.
1: I know. They should just consult with you. You should be a consultant. That I should be your should. next I should, business.
0: I should be a teacher's consultant. Everything. I'll just all teach everybody of... how, to, how to go on to Zoom and set up a, a meeting.
1: All levels of government and business.
0: Well, you heard it here first, folks. Daryl Frankfort Consulting has just begun. Limited. Limited. <laughs> yes, so, we, we want to eliminate all of my possible liability because there will be much of it. But
1: so what what would you give? What advice would you give to the real estate journalists of Toronto?
0: The real estate journalists of Toronto. See, mm-hmm. that that is such a great question because what I was thinking earlier was that I don't think most of the journalists that write about real estate have ever done uh, you know a real estate transaction, or if they have, it was just you know buying their house or their condo. I mean, they're not realtors. They're not investors for the most part. I mean, they're just people writing about real estate. So I, I don't agree. know that they t- really know what they're they're talking about. And as we've talked about in the past, I mean, it's about headline grabbing. We've seen it time and time again, right? It's most of the news isn't even like real or relevant. It's just, oh, look at that. There, this, All hell's going to break loose or there's going to be a crash, lots of crash. Hey, do you remember the crash of 2020, TK? Did you Did you feel it? Because it was coming the whole time. Here comes crash of 2021, TK. It's going to be blood in the streets. It's going to be bad.
1: Qu- question then. So there's a string of uh, break-ins in a neighborhood where somebody's going around and stealing stuff from people's cars. And a journalist writes about, you know, people who are going around stealing cars. Does it, is it required that the journalist has any knowledge themselves about how to break into cars?
0: not necessarily that they need to know how to break into cars but i mean it seems to me that you know they hear about something and then they write a whole article about it and there's very little um i don't know think i think evidence is the right word but there's not much co- like there, there's very little context and content there's like this happened and boom here's my opinion and I mean, it, again, it's just the headline that matters. It's just getting someone to click on the page or to buy the newspaper. Or Remember newspapers?
1: The headline is. But, but yeah, but, I mean, you, know, you don't
0: need to. I mean, real estate's a little different, though. If you're going to comment on real estate, I mean. I You think have a you, source. Yeah. Right? Well. Topic.
1: You have a source of your information. You reference maybe data from previous articles or previous studies.
0: Hold right? on. Hold on. Let's start again. Let's start the show again welcome to the daryl is wrong show boom sorry dale that's okay hey, listen it happens regularly you should try living with me but let's <laughs> but get into I think, real I estate i think you're
1: absolutely right is that um what a really good real estate journalist if we had one if we had which one we don't, which we don't would be somebody who has got in-depth market knowledge on real estate and you'll see real estate agents and guys doing their youtube videos and you'll see once in a while, some articles come out from some uh, credible sources, maybe within the Toronto Real Estate Board or or build or, or you know, one of these other type of,
0: you know, lobbying uh, associations, organizations. Yeah. So I have no vested interest in putting out content.
1: So again, that's just, and if you go to, and if you actually go to these um, developers, organizations, if you go to their websites and look at their blogs, because I always try to just kind of figure out like, Hey, what are these guys saying? And you'll see that they're only releasing um, articles or studies, you know, quarterly, like, you know, it's every few months or so they'll come up with something. Right. So it's not enough volume of articles coming out from the reputable sources. Unfortunately, that's what will change in 2021.
0: And to just keep with the current theme of manipulating the media i have chosen only positive articles for today's discussion beautiful and i think see what happens well
1: positive mindset we start finding positive articles
0: i feel good i feel like this market like is i can feel the heat I feel the heat on my brow, TK. It's heating up. And you can feel it too, right? Oh, man. Yeah. And everybody out there, you can feel it too, right?
1: Uh, if they watched our stats show, they know what's going on out there. Well, it's great. a
0: lot of people are watching that stat show. Holy mackerel. Thank you, everybody, for your support. Thanks for watching. Thank you to all of the new subscribers. Welcome to the Toronto Real Estate Show family. We really appreciate you. Anybody that's watching that isn't subscribed, please subscribe and hit that notification bell. It helps with the YouTube algorithm.
1: Are we announcing the 100th subscriber right now or no?
0: It sounds like we just did.
1: Yay! (laughs) I'm not very... I I need to build up more suspense, right? We have 100th subscriber... They did win the Amazon right past it. We blew right past it. We've got an Amazon gift card for them and uh, they will be receiving it.
0: They will be receiving it. it. Well, actually, yeah, I will email it to them. Beautiful. So thank you again, everybody. Thanks for helping us blow past that milestone. We were, we we got a, a very special email from YouTube. And we're on our stuff. way to a
1: thousand. That's, that's our, that's our next goal. We, yes. we believe in goal setting. We believe in having, you know, short-term attainable goals and a thousand subscribers in 2021 is going to happen.
0: It will happen. So thank you everybody. Please hit that like button. If you haven't already, please, if you want to say something, put it in the comments below. We love your comments. We love talking to you, and it also helps. We reply to every comment. We reply, both of us reply to every single comment. I think. We try to. We try to. There's not that many, so it's not that hard. But please, if you got something you want to talk about, or you have something that you want us to talk about, or you want to tell TK how great he is, then please leave it in the comment section below. Now, before we get rolling here, I want to announce that every second week we have a special guest booked already. Special guests deep into February. We're
1: booking right now. We're actually almost booking into March.
0: We are almost one more guest, and
1: then we'll we'll have to just let people know we're not available till March, which is absolutely fantastic.
0: Absolutely fantastic. We like other points of view.
1: Next we week, like we bring up have... these guests for our listeners. We want to make sure that anybody listening to the podcast is not just hearing our opinions on what's going on out there, but hearing tips and tricks from uh, the pros and getting uh, insights into the market in different parts of, you know, different segments within Toronto or different parts of Ontario. Make Absolutely. sure that everybody's got as much information as possible to make those big real estate home buying and selling, investment property, flipping
0: decisions. Absolutely. And speaking of experts, next week we have Jeremiah Seamus and Miles Kenny from Colliers. They are commercial realtors. They sold me a couple of properties this year. Really good guys. It's going to be very, very nice to have them on next week. So please join us next Sunday for that. And I think we should start talking about Toronto Real Estate.
1: Well, that would be very fitting of the Toronto Real Estate Show. All right. So, what's the first article you got?
0: Good idea. First article we have, Mr. TK. Toronto ranked one of the world's best cities in 2021. Hey, Hey. Toronto, way to go. Now, every year. Keep in mind that it says one of the world's best cities, not the world's best city. That's okay. In fact, we're up there. Well, we're number 13.
1: Hey, I think we were number 13 in 2018. We from, moved
0: up, well, 2018 was a long time ago, but 2019, we yep. were number 17, apparently. We've moved okay. up four spots gone down, in the rankings. So now we're
1: back to 13, so that's great.
0: Number 13, lucky number 13. And it is based on a whole bunch of nonsense that we won't get into, but it's a great headline and it is very positive.
1: But think about it, what would be the newest metric that they would be using for world's best series considering there's been a pandemic over the last nine to ten months
0: i don't think the pandemic factored into this actually how can it not i know it was how can it not i don't understand how they did this but uh, they seem to have ignored the pandemic completely but we all know how great the city is nobody needs to tell us This is a major metropolitan world stage city. We've got, but we like to
1: just hear it every once in a while.
0: Well, we need other people to tell us really, because we're, we have an inferiority complex here.
1: Yeah. We are a good city though. That's, that's the main thing. We um,
0: are a great city. I
1: think when we're looking at other major cities in the world and like, I'm looking at, like I was looking at a projection of where like Manhattan prices have been and stuff. Yeah. Um, we're, we're super affordable
0: compared to London, Tokyo, Manhattan, yeah, and a few other places, San Even Francisco. Just co- yeah, so cost of, of
1: living work? for for housing and stuff, but from, you know, food, entertainment, transit, uh it is, you know, we're we're very fortunate to be here. We get all the benefits of the big city and it comes at uh, a fraction of the price.
0: Yes, and that fraction is increasing pretty quickly and we're catching sure. up pretty quickly, yep. but I mean where would you rather live, honestly? Mm-hmm. I don't know because I haven't been to too many places. But actually, most places I go to, I say, wow, I'd love to live here, actually. We should move Temporarily. Here. Temporarily. Probably temporarily. Although yeah. a, a beach and palm trees and sun every day.
1: is No, you get sick of it. Then it loses its effect.
0: I, I can't disagree with you more. But regardless, we are... Talking about real estate here in Toronto. So housing market overcomes 2020's obstacles for third best year on record. What the hell? Third best year. We talked about it the other day. I like the number three. I'm good with being third. And what
1: they're talking about when they say third best year is total number of transactions. Because actually prices are higher now than ever.
0: It is insanity. So I was sitting with... A gigantic, gigantic real estate mogul this week. Yes, I left the house. I was wearing a mask. He was not. But one of my cousins... Generational. Generational, yes. He is a very, very wealthy, powerful man in his 70s. He is my cousin. He is a juggernaut. And he was saying... Daryl, I have never seen anything like this. You you build a house, you put it on the market, it is gone. He goes, I have never sold so many materials. I've never sold so many houses. This is crazy. I've never seen anything like it in my life. Mm-hmm. And and this is one of the guys that literally built this city.
1: Yeah. This is what it is. You know, it, there's it's uh amazing. there's a growth right now that's happening in, in a way that we just we were forecasting it. We knew it was coming. We knew that there was this, you know, um, built up sort of moment that was going to happen where eventually we we're going to say, oh, my gosh, there's not enough places to go around and we're there.
0: And it's all not all, but like the majority of it is local demand now. So, I mean, I, I think I say it every single week, but that tsunami that I was talking about at the start is a tsunami mm-hmm. of immigration these people are going to flood this place and all hell is going to break loose. If you haven't bought already, like get ready for prices to go bananas. Cause there is <laughs> no way that the developers can keep up adding enough inventory to this market. So it is thing, impossible.
1: One thing, just cause you mentioned it. And I think that this is sort of a, a small misconception that people have right now. And that is that the borders are closed.
0: No, they're far from closed.
1: They're far from closed. Is immigration down? Sure. We still had 285,000 people come here in 2020. We did? Yeah.
0: Like to visit or to immigrate? No, oh, that's the
1: number of immigrants in Canada.
0: 280,000 with the pandemic? 285,000.
1: 2019 was 313.
0: I wonder why the virus is spreading so much. Anyways, well, that's good. I mean, still, I mean, we're, we're on pace to add another what? 120,000 or they, their goal is to add another 120,000. I I imagine if you can bring in 280,000 in a pandemic, 400,000 shouldn't be too hard if everything is opened up and schools open up. I was, I, I was listening to something about, uh, you know, that, that, that 65% of students that are doing virtual learning in universities absolutely hate it and can't wait to get back to school. Um, Mm. And people are just dying to get out of their countries and into ours and they're just waiting and waiting. And then now they're allowing people that have been given immigration status, the ability to bring their families in. It's going off the rails. Wow, 280,000 though, that is absolutely Shocking. yeah so
1: <clears throat> people people are still obviously coming into the cities and uh, they're obviously some of them are already on track to come here definitely applications are are down and there's only so much that they can process but uh, you know at the end of the day this is this is a, a market that people are hoping to be in that they're they're fighting to be in and the growth that we're seeing is like the higher end stuff okay it's moving but don't talk growth, about that yet okay the growth in the lo- the lower end stuff is like um wow, it's it's unreal. What a $400,000 house is going for from 2 years ago, you know, could be could be up almost 50%. Like it's like, what? This makes no sense.
0: TK. Yeah. Don't call it a comeback. That's Toronto's condo market is already heating up again. I love it. Did you know that?
1: I heard about it. I heard about it on a stats show earlier this week. It's true. Yeah.
0: So Toronto investors still earning hefty returns on investments. Okay, sure. Amazing. Now, that's real pre- estate market continues to set new records as condo market shows signs of life. The defibrillator
1: came out and shocked it back into existence.
0: Isn't this just amazing? Uh oh. That's not going to look good. Bargain hunting buyers caused condo sales to soar in December. RBC.
1: I love that bargain hunting buyers. That's what it was. We've been talking about it for how long, Daryl, that the opportunity to buy a condo was in 2020. I mean, it's still there now in 2021, but it's definitely disappearing by the day.
0: It is closing. It is. Cl- the window is closing Slowly, but I mean, again, as people come into the city, the rents are going to start to rise. The mania is going to catch back on and it's going to be B-A-N-A-N-A-S.
1: You got it. So the thing is, everybody was waiting in 2020 to get these deals. There was thousands of these assignment deals going back and forth off market. Everyone's like, I don't want to get into the brand new pre-construction market. There wasn't a lot of options. There was, um, you know, sky high prices that that and um, the developers wanted. The resale market, they were older, you had to close on them right away. It means that you had to find a tenant right away. Everyone was like, eh, I don't think so. So they went into this assignment market because they thought, well, I won't have to close for another six months or more. I'm gonna pay less money than what the developers want per square foot. I'm gonna pay more than what the resale is, but there's a risk to that and there's, there's, there's advantages to that, deposit structures, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then all of a sudden, less and less of those deals were happening in the assignment world. And people were sort of being re-energized to say, well, you know, if I'm willing to spend $1,200 a square foot on an assignment, that's going to close in six months. Why would I not go and pay for a thousand for a resale that's already built that maybe I'll close it in
0: three months, right? Well, it, both are happening because in the, in the assignment space, you know, somebody paid $700 a square foot they're selling it for nine hundred because they want to get out, and a new one is eleven hundred or twelve hundred, right? So sure. everybody's a little bit, a little happy bit higher
1: than that, yeah. But yeah, yeah right. you know what I
0: mean. Like every yeah. tier somebody is making some money and somebody that's afraid to be in the market is getting out, and somebody who is looking for a deal is getting in, and everybody's happy. It's beautiful.
1: So these investors, they're looking at the um, the numbers on what they're going to do. So they're like, okay, I'm going to buy this condo. This is the price. This is the location. This is going to be the rent. They're looking it over and they're like, yeah, I'm okay with this. In the assignment world, then all of a sudden, they say, well, why don't I go and look at what it would be on a resale? And they realize that the numbers are even better. So we had a lot of investors come back in and say why am I even considering this? I mean, the rental market chances are it's not going to recover as fast as we are hoping. So, uh, you know, that could take a year or two. I mean, we're not sure, but if you are ready to close on a condo in June or next year, this year, at some point, then you might as well close on it sooner in a resale and get a better deal. Right. And take your, mm. take your lumps on the rent for the first year. Cause you're at least getting, I would say a 10% discount. Right. And that's what happened in December is people accepted the 10% discount. But then there's this other side. So the investors are there. And I think that most of the industry guys are saying that this um, push has been from investors. But I'm also seeing the end users. And the end users looking for a freehold are frustrated. They're pushed out of the market. They have no options. They can't go to Barrie. They can't go to Oshawa. They can't go to Hamilton without getting into multiple offers and having to compete for these listings. So a lot of these end users, maybe they're younger, maybe they're retiring, downsizing, whatever it is, they're just like, what am I doing? Why am I going through this stress of of buying, which is like racing to see a home, having to put in an offer when I'm competing against 30 offers, why am I, I'm putting myself, I'm going to give myself an early, an early funeral here. So it's better. I just go relax, get a financing condition, take my time, review the status and go through a nice, easy buying process and buy a condo and I'll be okay there. And if I ever need to upgrade down the road, then I'll, then I'll decide to go into a freehold after I build up some more equity or, or, or whatever their situation is.
0: Yeah. And it's right? probably the only segment of the market where you actually can get some time to make a decision. While while having it tied up, right?
1: In certain areas. Like there's the condo markets around the outskirts of the city are still pretty hot, actually. Yeah. So you could you still could be competing for those, but on a much lower level. Like you could probably even still get a financing condition, right? So it's like there's still there's still competition.
0: But you can get a condition. Yep. You couldn't get a condition last year, right? No. Well sorry, beginning of the year. Oh oh, I know. I'm saying saying in condos now. A year ago in
1: condos crazy
0: but now you could make it you could you could tie something up get some time to make the decision and that time passes and the market's heating up and you you can make no one wants to make rush decisions no but you have to if you want a house you can't i
1: understand but nobody wants to if i have the choice right i want to know that if i'm buying anything i got an option to return it (laughs) or i have uh, time to think about it Right? Sure. And in real estate, that's not always the case.
0: Not in this city.
1: Right? So, not in this city. You're rushed and you have to make a decision. You could make bad decisions, and that's human nature.
0: So, how many offers are we seeing now on on houses, detached houses?
1: Crazy. Dozens.
0: Dozens. So, that that, that could be 12, 24, 36, 48. uh,
1: Scarborough this week, I heard 52.
0: 52 offers? Yeah. On a house? On a house. How much was this house? On How much? Under a million under a million and sold 860 or something like that. Is it livable? Uh,
1: yeah, but needs work.
0: Like, would you live in it? As is? No, no. How much money would you have to put into it? To at least a hundred grand. Okay. Well, that's not so bad.
1: Yeah.
0: So was this sold to a developer to knock down? And
1: I I don't know all the details to be honest with you, but uh, that was just the highest number uh, of offers that, uh, that I was exposed to, but otherwise I'm hearing lineups at houses, lineups so d- at the door.
0: So hold on. Do we know what the we know what the list price was? What was it? Uh, I think it was seven hundred. Seven hundred. And what did it sell for? Do we know? Eight eight sixty. It only went up to eight sixty with fifty offers. Well, I mean, that's the
1: way the market goes sometimes, right? So
0: wow, that seems like um all right, I guess it was worth 860 That's
1: something to base a decision off of how many offers and, and, and how much over asking. Those aren't, those aren't reliable uh, tools.
0: No, but you would think with 50, uh, a decent agent would be able to push it up more than $150,000. Um,
1: possibly, but I think at the end of the day, it sold for a lot more than it should have, right? And then we had another property okay, this that's week. Okay, that's important. Yeah, and we had another property this week that was sitting for a week around Christmas time. Uh, nothing was happening, and then all of a sudden... After two weeks, it went into multiples, right? Sold thirty thousand over
0: asking. What changed? You lowered the price. More buyers. Nope. Just all of a sudden, more buyers.
1: Just all of a sudden, buyers realized that that was a good deal and they wanted to line up and, and buy it. Wow. Um. Yeah, I just I've seen some really incredible stuff. Uh, what else? What else? Selling. Uh, a property that I was following where uh, builders had it listed for 2.6 million or something like that in Pickering. There's a and brand new house. Months. Yeah. Brand new custom home. Yeah. They're sitting for months. And all of a sudden they went into multiples uh, at the end of December. It's so funny how that got, happens. Got, that... got 2.6. And then they had another one they were building. And then that one sold. I talked to the developer yesterday. He said, I got more money for next door. Wow. There was other people interested. Right. right? Yeah. I was like, this is that's
0: nuts. It's nuts, but it's like if you wanna have a house, you better pounce. Did that yep. rhyme? That didn't rhyme, but it sounded okay. okay. It still sounded good. Yeah, yeah. It sounded good. Yeah. But so it's, we're it's def- really we're true. definitely
1: seeing a huge a huge uptick in the market, right? So, um, if you got a property, uh, you know, and you're thinking about selling it, right now there's no competition, and you're gonna get you're gonna get top dollar, whatever, uh, whatever that looks like in your market.
0: So okay, so we have the first shutdown. Everything goes to complete standstill, opens back up again. The market makes up for the time that we lost. Now yep. we're on lockdown part deux, and it is bananas. So, what what can derail this? Not comeback. Like, what can derail this market right now? The government. <laughs> yeah, but even the government, they introduce stuff, and it 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 it. it it doesn't take long before the market oh. steamrolls through it.
1: Well, Monday, they've got maybe some new announcements coming in. So, you know, maybe they may suspend in person showings for real estate um, transactions. Maybe they will um, allow um, properties that have already been sold so people can go back for a buyer's visit. If you're building a house, you can continue to build it as long as it's already sold. So somebody needs to move into it.
0: I don't um, think so. This is the well, only thing keeping the economy alive. Right I'm just
1: now. I'm just saying that anything can happen, right? So we'll see what happens. Also, I'm also I have a lot of clients who are selling and they are waiting for better news in the pandemic. Like they're really not hurting financially. They've got a lot of different things, areas of their life under control. And they are saying to themselves, you know what, I just don't feel comfortable having people in the house, so I'm not gonna sell until the pandemic's over. And that's just me. So I imagine other people are dealing with the same thing. So it means that there could be a mass amount of people looking to sell in the spring and we could be flooded with listings. Well,
0: that's good that you said that because there's an article that I want to talk about that speaks to that. I got to figure out how to do this a little bit better. That's not it's okay. It. You're doing great. That's yo. not it. That's... There we go. That's the one. Okay. So I think this kind of fits into what you're saying. Pandemic accelerated generational housing shift in Toronto. So yes. So what is this talking about, TK? The pandemic Multiple... has forced older people to retire earlier than they were planning, is one of okay. the things that this is talking about. But it's talking about the boomer generation or the baby boomers, Um you know, getting out of their midtown, beautiful house and moving to the suburbs, getting maybe some more space, more a pool, like whatever. But they're moving. They're taking money off the table. I don't know mm-hmm. why, but it seems to me from this article that there's plenty of evidence of these things happening all over the place. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that adds some good property to the inventory, which is pretty cool. But mm-hmm. but I think it speaks to what, what you were saying, right? Yeah,
1: well, there's definitely people who are moving for uh, different reasons. So, I mean, it, it, you know, you're talking about getting up for more space for a pool, downsize, upsize, get out of an old house and into something more modern. There's lots of stuff. Or and smaller
0: because, you know, you don't want to walk up and down the stairs anymore. Wh- whatever, it is.
1: whatever it is. I got I got a long list of people who are all looking to sell and um, they're just not quite ready yet. And they're, and they're, they're there. And they're just like, eh, you know, house is paid off or close to, they've got all sorts of different possibilities and options, but they're trying to make that last final move um, of, of, of hopefully their, their, their life, right? Like they're trying to find that last destination, whether it be a condo or a smaller house or out of town, whatever it is. And so they're taking their time and they want to make sure they're doing the right thing. And the pandemic is just putting a hold on it, right? Like they don't want to go out and look, especially baby boomers. I mean, that generation, right? Vulnerable and, and stuff. So let's see once those vaccines start rolling out, that could lead to a flood of inventory. Government intervention can lead to a restrictive... Uh, measure on the demand side uh, you know there's lots of there's lots of little things that can happen I don't think interest rates are going to go up I don't think there's going to be a, a financial tool that the government's going to use to slow down the market I, we haven't heard that and I don't think that that is I think because of the economy and I think um, the government's you know taking taking their chances by saying we'll inflate the assets we'll we'll get everybody we'll get we'll, we'll pump up the real estate market here because it's keeping everybody's uh, roof over their heads and it's going to allow them to continue to
0: spend money and uh, get us out of this economic situation. Toronto officials I land transfer tax from record home sales brace for budget shortfalls so I mean I've been talking for a while I think like, like I just said I mean I don't think they're going to do anything to jeopardize the housing market right now because it's the mm-hmm. only thing keeping everything afloat at the moment and like you were just saying they're You know, they're pumping in money to to inflate the market away, right, or to inflate all this debt away. Um, I've been saying it for weeks. I mean, I think the next logical step is to do the same land transfer tax in the 905 as we have in the 416. I don't know why we have this imaginary line that divides the land transfer tax. It's pretty crazy. Just
1: a municipal municipal tax. It's an addition to the provincial one. Yeah,
0: and I mean... Right now, I mean, imagine how many more tax dollars that would generate when we have stuff like uh, it was just on the screen and I took it down and I'll put it back up uh, if I can figure out how to do this again. Uh, Here we go. More people bought homes over three million in Toronto last year than ever before. You've been talking about the luxury stuff going bananas since like, I don't know, June or July. But this is crazy, and this is not the right article, sorry, excuse me. Two things
1: there. One, average prices have gone up, so obviously there's going to be more homes in a category.
0: Absolutely, but I mean, check this out. This is just, I mean... Yeah, I saw the numbers. Did you see the chart? Holy, Mm. like we're, I mean, we're in 2017 bubble uh, status with, with regards to the stats, Especially in comparison to the last two years. I mean, we've almost doubled. Look at this. A thousand and four, three million dollar homes versus last year's 637. That's crazy. Yeah. Four million, 355 houses, four million dollars plus compared to 236. That's a gigantic increase. Gigantic. Mm -hmm. And five million dollar houses, 166. Five million plus compared to one seventeen. I mean, that's that's like forty percent more. I can't do the math quickly, but I mean, all a a lot of these houses are in the nine o five. A lot of them are out in Peel and Halton and Durham. Like there, 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 there's. I can't believe that there's three, four million dollar houses in those areas. To be quite honest with you, but there's tons of them. Mm -hmm. And, And that I mean. None of those are getting taxed the way they are in 416. You could instantly double your land transfer tax income as the government if you added the same land transfer taxes to Toronto. And listen, Toronto can absorb it. I don't know why 905 wouldn't be able to. It would maybe slow things down. And I, I don't even know how it would slow things down. It's only
1: 2%. So let's talk about the housing... Um uh, price ranges. So we've also built a lot more large custom homes in the last couple of years. So there's a larger inventory of these 5,000 plus square foot homes. There's a larger inventory of things in the 905 that didn't exist a few years ago. So yeah, there's going to end up being more transactions because people have built these houses mm-hmm. and the market's there. Price Average prices have gone up. And then last year, because we're comparing it to 18 and 19, the two years before, we're all um, low buyer confidence years, right? So market numbers were down all around, you know, like people just didn't believe that the market was good. So everyone felt I shouldn't be putting in prices were actually on their way down. And the higher end stuff is always going to be affected the most when those markets happen.
0: Let me ask you a question. The people that are buying a three, a four, a five plus million dollar home, are they paying cash or are they leveraging these things?
1: A lot of the ones that are, as soon as you get to that two point five, dollars 3000000 million price ranges, these are the people with money. They, these are the people who have money. And they're paying cash. A lot of them, yeah. Wow.
0: Man. Because I know in, I mean, $1 to $2 million range, it, it's probably more about not so much the price, especially because it's so competitive, but it's more about how much will this cost me every month right? Yeah.
1: So if you're going to be going out and buying a two and a a half, $3 million property and you don't have money, like if you're, if you're over leverage and you're taking this huge, like, why are you buying this luxury item? That's a luxury item. That, that's not a typical item. So why would you not go out and spend a little bit less money and maybe have less debt and, and be a little bit more comfortable? So there, there's, Hey, there's mortgages out there. I'm not saying there's not lots of people do, but uh, there, it's much more common to see people with with money buying in those price ranges who don't need mortgages.
0: I mean, to, um, to buy a house for two million dollars uh, at under two percent mortgage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you're bullish on this market, which if you're not, you're you're probably insane or living in a cave somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it it wouldn't be stupid to buy one of these things, live in it for a year or two, and flip the damn thing. You make a ton of money i i I think that the prices are gonna go crazy in the next year or two, like crazy, yeah. like like we've never well, seen i tell
1: I tell people that too it's it's the the one thing about real estate is the more expensive home you buy, the more risk it'll be but also the greater returns you're going to have, the more appreciation you're going to have. Right. So it depends on what you're using your, your
0: investment for. Right. I think people are looking at them more like a car, you know, it's about how much is my lease payment going to be. Right. It's about how much is my mortgage payment going to be? Not necessarily like what the value or the, not not the value, but the price of the house. Right. I agree.
1: Yeah. What do I qualify for? Yeah. Great. It's because bank will give me this much money. This is much I pay a month. I guess I'm looking at $800,000 houses.
0: Okay. All right. Let's go. Right. And that's, and that's, but if you st- were looking at houses a little over a year ago, your payment almost cut in half now because mortgage rates were like 3.8 to 4.1 or something. And now they're at under two. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Now, whether you qualify or not is another story. Right. True. But people can definitely afford. If they're smart, they're going to get rid of that st- Stupid. Uh, what is it? The test they did or the what What was it called? The stress test. The stress test. What the, <clears throat> what the hell is the that all about?
1: Good now. I mean, it was it was a little bit of growing pains, but uh, I think it's a good um, tool to, to prepare people for higher interest rates in the future. So it just keeps people borrowing less money than they are capable of paying. And if things do change, not just interest rates go up, but also if their jobs Come change on.
0: how yeah. long is it going to, you got to qualify for over 2% more than what you're at. I mean, this is crazy. I think it's good keep it on. How long is it going to take to get over to, to raise interest rates over 2%? Well,
1: I mean, like I said, there's more than just interest rates going up. It's protecting people from borrowing too much because people borrow too much. That's the problem. Everyone borrows their max. That's not the problem. That's the design
0: of the system. It's supposed to be like that.
1: But they're not in the businesses that are going to see any growth. So they make these decisions because they're like, I'm going to make this much money, but they're going to be making that same amount of money for the next 10, 20 years. And they don't factor in inflation. They don't factor in rising costs in other parts of their life. And in the end, they're biting off more than they can chew, more than they can chew. And they are taking on too much debt. Like that's, that's an issue for sure. So, I think the stress test is good. Let's talk about the 905 land transfer tax. Yes. You're, you're you're into this. So let me see what, what, what you would do. So let's go and look at a community that is borderline. So um, borderline what? So, so the GTA, right? So 90, you're saying 905.
0: Okay. Like Thornhill. If you go across Steeles, now you are in Thornhill. So if you're on the North side of Steeles. Yes. You pay 2% less land transfer tax than the South side of Steeles. Yes. So now what about income in, different
1: uh, there? What about, what about in Keswick then? So Keswick's also a 905 area.
0: Have you seen the houses in Keswick? Okay. Or, or the castles in Keswick? Sure. Castles of Keswick. The castles of... They should
1: be paying the 2% too?
0: Abso-friggin-lutely. Why aren't okay. they?
1: Okay. So you're saying 905 area, wherever that bubble Ontario. is, that Ontario. Boom. Ontario. Ontario,
0: why the hell not?
1: So, waterfront properties.
0: What is the average price of a house in Ontario? 500,000?
1: 500,
0: 500,000. So, if you can afford 500,000, what is an extra 2% on the land transfer tax? 10,000. And you're paying, and you it's going to get rolled into your mortgage some way, one way or another. You're going to pay. No,
1: you have to pay a cash part of closing costs. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Listen, there's ways to do everything one way or another. I paid for my honeymoon on my mortgage, okay?
1: <laughs> That'll be a next show. We'll do that. We'll do that show the next time.
0: We will do that okay, show so the next time. Saying, man, is-
1: the entire province of Ontario. So I think
0: so. Why the hell not? I, well, if okay. Somebody's looking- let's just go back to 905. Okay. Where the hell in 905 can they not afford the extra 2%, extra 2%. land transfer tax? I get it. And, yeah. and imagine it what happen? it does. Imagine what it does for the income of the the government.
1: What are you... Okay, so government wins. Fantastic. What are you saying the outcome will be? Like, what is this... How, what is the market going to do if you introduce that? Is it just strictly to, um, just to get government, government income and then there's there's going to be no effect to the market? Is well, I,
0: I would imagine that if they have enough income, they won't have to raise income taxes or, or sales taxes or any other stupid programs, property taxes. Property taxes like, mm-hmm. they, they won't have to do something stupid. They can just implement this. It makes sense across the board, if you ask me. I mean, if you ask somebody that's thinking about buying in the 905, they may not like it, but... I mean, look at... But what? now here's
1: another here's another part to this. Ooh, the ooh. reason... So, so this is 9.05, right? Only?
0: Whatever you want, man. It makes sense across Canada if you ask me, but let's stick to okay. 9.05 because...
1: Each each municipality has to agree. And now oh, let's well, say... With that. That's that, what I mean. But Doug so Ford let's can just come agrees, in and say,
0: you all agree. Sorry. Thank you.
1: Everybody agrees except for... Whippy
0: then I say we have a referendum and we kick Whitby out of the province. They can join
1: Quebec. Pickering, Ajax, Oshawa, all. When you buy there, you got to pay this additional 2% cost. Whitby says, nope, we're not doing that. Come here and you just pay the regular provincial land transfer tax. What's going to happen to the market in Whitby?
0: Listen, some more people will go to Whitby to save themselves their 10, 15, 20 grand. But I mean, it's still Whitby. Okay. If you want to live in Thornhill, Richmond Hill...
1: Fine. Richmond Hill Oak says Ridges, we're not doing this.
0: Oakville. Richmond Hill says we're not
1: doing this. Markham says we're doing it. Aurora says we're doing it. That's New why That's why it. Doug Thornhill Ford has to come
0: it. in and go, boom, this is happening. I signed I it into legislation. Come that's get the problem.
1: So, so it's provincial. So if it's going to be provincial, then it's going to be throughout the whole province.
0: I think it has to be mandated by somebody. Trudeau, Ford... Okay, but I'm Someone. going to give you another scenario, Daryl.
1: I'm yeah. not trying to poke holes Hold in on it. Hold on a I'm sec. To...
0: Oh, right. So Toronto uh, Toronto only had one person that had to decide? Is that how the we city got City Council
1: there? voted on it, yeah.
0: Yeah. Listen, City Council wants more tax revenue in every area of Ontario, I'm sure. I agree. I don't yeah. think this would be too hard to push because guess who's going to get a raise, baby? Guess who's going to get more staff?
1: Yeah. So guess I guess who's it, gonna have good, more
0: money to throw around to their friends?
1: It's it's a good idea. Um in oh, theory.
0: It's a great idea.
1: It's a great idea. In it's practice,
0: great. we've seen it. We've in seen Toronto? it and somebody just wrote an article about how much he- we're dependent on it. I mean if like, they that's wrote an what article, it is, though. if okay. they wrote an article, TK, we know <laughs> that it's, <laughs> it's true.
1: So then let's look at that. So what happened in Toronto was 2017, we had all these sales. 2016, we had all these sales. We made all this money. 2018, they're like, hold on a second. We have $150 million less income, right? And they have to have have a balanced budget in in the cities. We have $150 million less income because we didn't sell as many houses this year. or People didn't buy as many houses this
0: year. Yeah, because we came in and fucked it up. We shouldn't do that again. So- Don't fuck it up. Keep it going. But but the land transfer
1: tax is. It wasn't the land transfer tax. That was way before then.
0: What fucked it up was the stress test, right? Stress test. Stress test. Fucked it up.
1: That was a federal. You get rid of the stress
0: test, you don't lose that income, right? So, I Mm -hmm. mean, guys, think. Think about what you're doing. There's like three steps forward you got to think of. It's not like rocket science. If they Mm -hmm. think about what they're doing and the ramifications, I mean, it, I think it makes sense. Hopefully, you know, hopefully they do it, and I'm right, and there is no weird, like, I don't see what could happen. I really. What don't. about
1: what about a um, tax on people's? So so no longer have the principal residence exemption.
0: Uh, and enter
1: and, and introduce. Uh, what do you mean, a, a like the tax capital or, gains tax? Or, capi- or capital gains tax on principal residences.
0: Yeah, I mean, why? It's not necessary. Imagine how much more they generate with this. Imagine. And if you want to make more money, then get rid of the stupid stress tests and let more people buy and pay more land transfer tax. Boom. But, it, I mean, that, that is the outcome right? You you can do, look, we have super low interest rates. I forget where I I read an article and I I had it on the list and I took it off because it wasn't Toronto, but I don't know if it's Denmark or some some country is doing 0% interest rates on mortgages for 20 years. You want to talk about stimulating taxes, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Imagine what happens in Toronto if you even if they're under 1%, or even if they're half a percent, the banks get fat. And you know what? Screw the banks already. Enough with you guys. Enough with you guys. You get to make less money so that we can all make some more for a change. They've had it for the last 30, 40, 50 years. It's the people's turn, but that'll never happen. But mark my words, there will be a 905 land transfer tax soon enough because it just makes friggin' sense. Can we talk? I, I
1: believe. I believe you.
0: I'm going to I'm I'm running for office. Did you hear about that <laughs> young there's a like a 22-year-old young girl in Scarborough running for office? Good for her. I think it's fantastic. Her whole team is apparently like young students. Yep. Zero chance she's going to win. Okay. But maybe not zero, but like very well, slim. Somebody's going to vote for her. Yeah. There will be people that vote for her, but this is what needs to happen all over the place. We need the younger generation to come in and win elections and, and say some stuff that people actually want to hear and do some stuff that makes sense. Let's
1: let's um, let's go away from our opinions because oh, yes. I know both of our opinions are very strong and, and we're we're mostly right. Who but let's start looking at opinion. what the data was on jobs in December.
0: Was there jobs data?
1: Yeah. Right. So we lost sixty three thousand jobs in uh, December. How many? Sixty three thousand.
0: We lost? Yeah,
1: so the reason that this is such a big deal, um, one, is because typically in, in the holiday time and everything like that, there would be actually a huge job gain. Hold on, by right. we, who are we
0: talking about? Canada or Canada. Ontario? Canada. Canada, Right. Okay. So you'd have a
1: huge uh, job gain when it comes to um, seasonal stuff, retail, uh, you know, businesses, whatever, right? So they've got a lot of different new job uh, opportunities for people coming in. So we'd see a lot of growth uh, in December. So we did see, uh, growth still in the like, uh, professional scientific and technical services, manufacturing, public administration, wholesale, retail, and education. Okay. So we still saw significant growth in those regions, but accommodation and food services, I mean, they got nailed. Yeah. They got, they got nailed. Um,
0: can you explain to me my father in law owns a furniture store, actually, a few yeah. of our cousins own furniture stores too and they can't be open but they're they're gigantic stores I mean why can't they have four people in the store at a time? why can't they have appointment only like social distancing in a retail store? why can't one person at a time why 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 all this craziness why like, um, you could have all these people could have kept their jobs.
1: I don't know, Joe. I'm not, I'm not the one making the, uh, making the decisions. Unfortunately,
0: we need to get somebody on the show to answer these questions.
1: <laughs> so unemployment rate is now at 8.6%. Okay. That's so weird. Uh, where were we at uh, before?
0: Where were we at? At the, at the, at the, it's worst up 0. 0. 0.1
1: percentage points, uh, from November. Okay.
0: Up one. So it's worse up,
1: up 0. 0.1. Yeah. Oh, point 0.1, okay. Un- unemployment is up, so that's not good. But point um, 0.1 is
0: like like it's not up.
1: <laughs> it's not bad. It's, it's, very, it's very close, right? So that 63,000 uh, job loss total, uh, full-time employment rose by 36,000, but, but that... it was 99,000 part-time jobs that we had lost.
0: 63,000 is the plus minus or there was gains? Net. Net, okay, yeah.
1: Yeah, so 30, 36 were added full-time. Part-time was 30, uh, 99 Okay. Um, total work hours went down.
0: And, well, that's the holiday time. That's probably pretty typical. And Even also that this was
1: the uh, snapshot of the labor market as of the week of December 6th and 12th. So all the so this is what, this is the biggest news. So all the lockdowns, so this was okay. Retails, food services, all that kind of stuff. People were starting to lose jobs. And obviously there was going to be the same holiday season rush, but the lockdowns really didn't start until the second week of December. So okay. there's a huge uh, additional impact that's going to happen in January because of the shutdowns again. And we're going to start climbing back into those numbers that we saw back in uh, early um Early uh, 2020, when we had the 13, 14 percent unemployment rate, and the the further job
0: losses that we had, which were in the millions. But the unemployment seems to be um, as in touch with reality as the stock market. Like they don't seem to, like they don't seem to be reacting to what's going on with the humans. Like people are losing their jobs. The stock markets are going up, right? People are losing their jobs and like they're getting checks. They're still buying stuff.
1: Here's what I can tell you about the stock market. Okay. Hmm. Is that every single person that I talk to knows about the stock market all of a sudden. And every single business person out there is running stock market courses. They don't know about the stock market.
0: They know about Tesla and Amazon stock
1: and Apple. So I'm just letting you know that right now it seems like there are a lot of people who don't know anything about the stock market in the stock market. But anyways, um, unemployment rates by age group and sex men age 15 to 24, 18 percent unemployment rate. No surprise there. 18 to 24. Not many of them even want to be employed. So that's that's pretty good. But does it keep track
0: of people that have money coming in because they have a YouTube channel now?
1: Uh, maybe not, or right?
0: or a Shopify store that they're maybe not, not reporting.
1: Maybe not. Uh, Seventeen point four percent for the female, uh, our category, the twenty-five to fifty-four year olds, the work, the working, the workforce, is at seven point three percent for men, six point seven percent for women, and seven point nine percent for men fifty-five and older, seven point eight percent in women. So women are doing a lot better than men. There's more unemployed men out there than women. That's uh, not very shocking at all. Hmm. Say and, no and, and
0: tell me the relevance of that
1: uh, in regards to what gender?
0: Yeah, I mean, well,
1: I mean, well, that's where the maybe average is coming from. So we're talking about 8.6. Where well, you can see it's mostly in the 18 to 24 year olds who are also. I'll give you an example. See this haircut? Yeah, it was from a mobile barber in that age category who came to my house and cut my hair yesterday. Or the day before
0: I had a mobile mechanic come to my house and fix my brake pads.
1: So that guy's pay he's getting paid cash. He's not looking at any, you know, stats to make sure he's not part of that 17.8% as far as far, or he is part of that 17.8%, but he's making money under the table,
0: right? We, uh, I don't think I'm going to report the 43 cents in ad revenue that we've made from the podcast.
1: Well, YouTube's reporting, and I'm sorry, Daryl. You are officially employed by YouTube.
0: It's not from YouTube. You're
1: no longer self-employed. You work for YouTube now.
0: I work for YouTube.
1: But that category, so 18 to 24, they're getting hit hard. So I guess, one, it doesn't include the stats that are going to be coming out in January. Those are going to be much worse. There's going to be a lot. We're going to lose a lot more jobs in January now because of the lockdowns. That is inevitable. Okay? The... Other category, which is inflating the unemployment numbers, is because it's a bunch of people who don't really need to have a job right now. So there's no job. There's no part-time jobs. There's no seasonal jobs. They're kind of sitting at home saying, I don't, I don't have anywhere to go. I don't need money to, to go downtown and go to a bar. Like, yeah. They don't need a job right
0: now. Yeah. Thanks, right? Dad, for knocking out this rent. Thanks, Dad, for paying 80, for this electricity. 24, most of them
1: are living at home.
0: Absolutely. So the last thing that I want to talk about today, which I've been trying to squeeze in for weeks.
1: I'm sorry. No,
0: it's not you. It's the way that things are going. But this is where this is where all of the opportunity lies for these people in that age group and most age groups, quite honestly. oops, I pressed the wrong button. One moment, please. I guess we'll get to this next time. But this is what I've wanted to talk about for quite some time. And we've touched on it before. Robots <laughs> to the rescue. Finally. Baby! Why yes. the construction industry welcomes them to job sites. Did you see the video of the dancing robots? Yeah.
1: If they can dance like that, then they can build a house.
0: What the hell can they not do? Okay.
1: Explain what the robots do. Just explain to me. How is a robot going to help on a job site?
0: Yes. Tell me. Yes. Okay. Now there's robots and there's autonomous vehicles, which they currently count as robots. So for okay. example, you can have an autonomous excavator that works with an autonomous bulldozer that works with an autonomous dump truck. And wow. these machines can be programmed in a very, you know, it's a very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Controlled setting. It's very controlled. So, you know, there's perimeters and there's not much else going on on a job site when you're clearing or excavating, right? Okay. So this excavator and the bulldozer, they're doing their thing and the dump truck's sitting there waiting and nobody is driving any of this stuff. So they can work Saturday, Sunday, evenings, weekends. In the dark. They can work in the dark. They can work in the light. They can do whatever. And is it perfect? probably not but it's probably far from it <laughs> no but you should see this shit it is getting really really good I now agree. The, the the dog robots for example are currently being used to track progress and to track okay. uh, uh uh mistakes right so these robot dogs with cameras all over them and sensors all over them are walking around job sites uh, recording, taking pictures, Uh-oh. seeing mistakes, seeing uh, you know, helping wow, with the schedule, awesome. crazy yeah. stuff. Now they've also so got. So you know the dog's watching. The dog is watching, and, and right. that that helps with productivity. I got a That Helps think, with productivity. Right? Yeah. Now they also have exoskeleton suits, where a man or a woman can put on this backpack with these arms and increase their strength a hundredfold. Which, you know, instead of somebody taking three or four two by fours at a time or pieces of steel or rebar or whatever it is, they can carry the whole lift. So
1: where where this comes from for our listeners who haven't been following us for, for, you know, the bulk of the uh, lifespan of this podcast, this wonderful YouTube channel we have. Yes. Is Daryl's. Number one theory on how we're going to be able to build more in order to combat the shortfall of supply that we're going to face over the next decade is to incorporate robots into the building process.
0: Robots, technology. The robots are coming. Everything. It's all coming. And it's real. And what has to happen is, listen, who in the 18 to 24 bracket wants to do manual labor anymore. I mean, and especially after the pandemic, I mean, they're getting fat and lazy, right? Even not Canadian born. I mean, there's a lot of entitled people everywhere right now and they should be because the reality is that it's way smarter to put on a VR headset and control something remotely, right? Which is definitely a possibility now. You can control one of these excavators remotely, right? Yep. You can control a robot in a convenience store to stack shelves remotely with a VR headset. Like there's crazy stuff going on in the world right now. Okay. A- a- and so so what happens is people have to code these things, people have to come up with these things, people have to service these things, people have to build these things. There's a whole revolution of jobs that are just shifting, right? So mm-hmm. If you're driving a truck across the country for a living, you're going to be out of a job in the next 5 to 10 years. There is zero doubt about it because the autonomous trucks are coming. And why in the world would somebody pay somebody so much money when they don't have to? It just doesn't make sense. But somebody has to know how that thing works and how to fix it when it breaks down and how to code it so that it works properly, right? Yep and this is where all the growth is going to come
1: from. 20 drivers. Somebody because... has to
0: sell these to the developers. Like yeah. there's a whole marketplace for jobs, but if you're going to be a server, I mean, listen. There are coffee shops now with robot baristas. Why have a human doing such a repetitive task when a robot can come and do the thing for you and you mm-hmm. pay 25,000 for I'm the so robot? So excited for the future. It's going to be really crazy. It's yeah. going to be really amazing. There's some amazing stuff out there. But anyways, thank you for letting me get that in. I think Absolutely. it's been a wonderful it. show. I look Squeeze forward it at the end there. to next week when we have our wonderful guests from me Colliers. Too. That's going to be very exciting. Mr. Jeremiah Shamus and Miles Kenny. It's going to be a great show. Thank you, everybody, that's still here. Please hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Smash that Boom. like. Hit the notification Gun. bell and make a comment, please thank you very very much thank you tk great job again an absolute pleasure sir and we'll see you next sunday we'll see you next sunday